we just stay in this for a minute? Is that okay? Come on, God, I'm telling you, God, God wants His people more free today than ever before. God wants His people, I'm telling you, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say something real quick and then, then I want to go back to ministry. See, the reason why is because the identity of who He is is found in who you are. The identity of who He is is found in who you are. This is the way He always intended it. So the, what, what He's doing is He's strengthening the body or He's re-identifying the body to bring a true expression of who, true, who He truly is. Because the, the government of the kingdom of God is found in the body of Christ. It's the way He's always intended it to be. And what has happened is when I begin to tell you that the expression of who He is is always meant, eternally was always meant and designed to be found through you and I. Because He is, he is the invisible God, if you will, right? And who was the first one to express Him? Jesus. Jesus was the image he was the expression. He was the nature. He was the character. He was the flesh and blood of the Father. So that when you've seen Him, you've seen Him. It's the way that, that God always intended it to be. And, and, and now, all of a sudden, now we don't have one Jesus walking the earth. We have millions and billions of Jesuses that make up the body with Christ Jesus being the head. So God needs to re-identify His body because the body has been misidentified for years. And He's re-identifying His body into the body that He designed it to be, which is strong and mighty and powerful. So that the body now represents who He is in the true identity and fashion and character and nature of who He is. You're not a, a worm in a wormhole that... That, that maybe he might give you a glance tomorrow. He's lavishly in love with you. That's what I hear him saying over there. I heard him saying, I am jealously in love with you. And he passionately pursues you each and every day of your life. Regardless if you pursue him or not, he passionately is pursuing you. Because he's in love with you. Because he created you. And he needs you strong, and he needs you mighty, and he needs, he needs you to understand your identity in Christ, the indwelling Christ in you. The indwelling Christ in you is the hope of glory. It's not just my hope, it's everybody else's hope. It's the world's hope. The world needs us now more than ever before. And he, God the Father's desire is to get who he truly is to be found now through the body which he originally designed for him to be the expression through. True. So I'm telling you, I'm going to give you a scripture real quick. I'm just going to tell you what the Lord showed me in this. And then you take it home and you pray about it and see if the Lord confirms it. Uh, Hebrews 12 verse 12 says, Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down and the feeble knees and make straight paths for your feet so that what is lame may not be dislocated but rather be healed. I'm telling you, he wants his body healed. Pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one 
will see the Lord. Now we have, we, have, we have been taught by this scripture right there, pursue holiness by which no one will see the Lord, meaning that if you're not walking in holiness, you're not going to go to heaven. And listen, I, I'm not saying that that's not true. That's not even what I may get into that tomorrow and the holiness and what he's been revealing to me on that. This is what I'm, I'm meaning by this. And this is what I feel like the scripture is. Again, I'm going to read it. Therefore, strengthen the hands which hang down, the feeble knees, and make straight paths for your feet, so that what is lame may not be dislocated, but rather be healed. Why? Because you're the expression. You're the expression. And then he says, pursue peace with all men. Why? Because he is the Prince of Peace. And you're the expression of the Prince of Peace. And so he's not in the earth anymore. He's in heaven, but he's, he's got a body in the earth today that he's wanting to what? To manifest true peace. Pursue peace with all men, with all people, and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. So if we're not walking in holiness, if we're not walking in peace and we're walking like this, oh man, how you doing today? Oh, I'm going pretty good. It's all right. I'm just trying to make it on another day and I'm just waiting for, you know, the rapture to come. And we're going this way with our feeble knees and our hands hang down and we bounce off this way and we bounce off that way and we're, everything's dislocated. And what he's saying is, is you need to strengthen your hands, strengthen those knees. They need to be healed and make straight your paths. What for? Because without holiness and you walking in holiness and you walking in peace, he can't be seen. And the body for too long has done this. Oh, man, just hanging on. White knuckling this thing. No. Heavens forbid, no. You have been crucified with Him, buried with Him, and resurrected with Him. The same Spirit that, that, that raised Jesus from the grave and the dead is dwelling in you. You have the Almighty God Spirit dwelling in you. You are not weak. You are not feeble. Come on, you are more than a conqueror through Christ who strengthens you. And it's time for the body to wake up and to realize this. So that what? So that we can be the true expression of who He is. It's making sense. This is why he wants you healed. This is why he wants you set free. Because he loves you. But you're his identity. This messes with people. It's true. It's the way he always designed it. Here's the problem in the church today that I've noticed. The moment I say you compared to him, all of a sudden you compare yourself with the failures of Adam more than you do with the victory of Christ. Because I can sit here and talk about the failures of Adam all day long, and you go, uh huh, got yeah, I did, yeah, 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 the sins, and he messed up, and and he 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 messed up here, and and he denied, and and all this, and and everybody in the house can say amen. But I start talking about the you are the righteousness of Christ, you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are victorious. He ain't mad at you. He ain't upset with you. He doesn't pass you by. He loves you because he loves his son. And his son dwells in you. And you are mighty. And you're a warrior. And then all of a sudden we go. Because we live, we live by our own means each and every day. Instead of the source of heaven that dwells within us.
Come on. God is, is calling to arms His people in these days. And He needs you strengthened. And He needs you to get your identity in line. Because your identity is not in what you do, it's in who you are. I'm going to say that again. Your identity is not in what you do, it's in who you are. So your failure of tomorrow does not re-identify who you are because the only true identity you have is in Him and He's the only one who can re-identify you. No one else. Your failures or anybody else's words or allegations or anything against you cannot and will not re-identify you. Why? Because He does not see you anymore. Somebody say amen. That's good news for me. See, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. It's beautiful, isn't it? Listen, he wasn't just saying, I'm the only way to heaven. Hold on. He is. <laughs> well, he was not, he, that, that scripture was not just 100% about that. What he was saying was, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. So Jesus is the only legal authority to the Father now. Jesus is the only, only legal authority to the Father. So now we, we cannot approach the Father except through who? Except through Christ and the blood of Jesus. This is, this is why now we... <laughs> See, Isaiah steps into the Holy of Holies, doesn't he? And what does he say? Woe is me. See, we identify with woe is me. This is why we have a hard time coming into the presence of God. Why? Because what you did last night or what you did yesterday makes you woe is me. And so it's hard for me to step into the Holy of Holies now because every time I think I'm going to step into the Holy of Holies, I'm going to have to say woe is me because I'm a man of unclean lips. But you aren't. But you aren't. Don't take a pre-Christ prophecy and make it yours in your new covenant. You are not unholy. This is why he says through Jesus, you enter that place with boldness. You come into that place unashamed. And yeah, you might have messed up, but he ain't mad at you. Why? Because what you do does not determine who you are. So if that's the case, if my only legal way to the Father is through Jesus, then the only legal way to, to me is through Jesus from the Father. Uh-oh. Is this okay? See, if I had a pair of sunglasses right now, I would say the only legal way for me to see the Father is through Jesus now. But it's in the flip side of it as well, too. The only legal way for the Father to see me. This is His plan, not mine. The only legal way for the Father to view me now is through the lenses of Jesus. And every time I see Him talking about His Son, <laughs> it's all good. This is my beloved Son in who I am well pleased with. See, we keep approaching Him by our own works and our own righteousness and those things are filthy rags 
But if we'll understand that I'm in Christ and Christ is in me, there's no limits into the Holy of Holies. Because I'm what? I'm re-identified now in not what I've done, but who I've chosen to say yes and amen to. And I've said yes and amen to the only one that has legal right into the throne room of the Father, which is Jesus Christ, which is where he sits on the right hand right now, forever making intercessory with us. But don't take yourself out of that equation. You're there with him. You're there with him. I teach my kids this, where Jesus is, I am, and where I am, Jesus is. So what may feel like discipline personally to you is not personally to you. Does he discipline? Yeah. In fact, we just read in Hebrews, and Hebrews would say, if he didn't, you, would be, you wouldn't be a child. But because you are a child, he will discipline you. But the discipline sometimes becomes very personal to me. God's not making it personal. What he's doing is he's trying to strip away or he's going after the very thing that's trying to strip you away from your true identity. That's all that he's ever doing. That's it. That's why he doesn't want you to walk in sin. Why? Because sin takes you out of that identity in this way, in the way in which you think it does. That's why he's going after that thing with everything that he is. That's why it's reckless love. That's why I love that song because he'll climb any mountain, he'll break down any wall, and he'll strip down every lie. And sometimes that seems very personal, like he's coming after me. He's not coming after you. He's trying to strip you of that old identity or the very thing he's trying to strip you of your new identity. You're seated. You're seated with him in heavenly places. In fact, we can go to Ephesians real quick. Chapter 2. But God who is rich in mercy, somebody say amen, because of his great love with which he loves us, Come on. Even when we were dead in trespasses. What? Oh, okay. Now I got to go to Romans chapter 5. Why? Because some of you guys need to understand that you're loved. Some of you guys need to understand that you're loved. You're, you're not loved just now. Some of you need to understand that you were loved while you were a filthy mess. Romans chapter 5 says this. Verse 6. For when we were still without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly. For scarcely for a righteous man would one die, yet perhaps for a good man someone would even dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love towards us, and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That <laughs> while we were in the worst condition of our life, he done made a way. He done looked at us and said, innocent. Why? Because Jesus was the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. He done already had a plan A and he never aborted it. He didn't go to plan B. He went to plan A plus plus. Which was Jesus. Come on, are you seeing this? This is why... This is why what you do doesn't take you out of, of who you are. And it doesn't make him not like you anymore or think of you any less or see you in a different way. Why? He already knew you were going to do it. He's pretty smart. He knows the end from the 
He pre everything that's happening now was already preordained. Okay, I'm gonna go back to Ephesians then if you don't believe me. Chapter 1, verse 3, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. It's the indwelling. See, the church has done a really good job to tell you that, that Christ has saved you, but they've done a poor job telling you that He indwells in you. Religion will, religion will let you have a Jesus that wants to hang around you, but relationship lets a Jesus be in you. Relation and intimacy will teach you that there's an indwelling of Christ in you and you in Him. Which according to Scripture, because of what Christ did, He made a public spectacle of the enemy and every principality and powers of the air, He unemployed them. He fired them. That's what the Scripture says. And now the one who fired them and who is the boss over them and who has the power over them lives within you. And you live within him. Come on, amen. Then verse 4, here it is. So he's blessed us with every, how many, how many is every? I mean, I know in southwest Missouri, all is all. It's, it's here too? Okay, it's all. So he's blessed us with all, every spiritual blessing in heavenly places, but it's in Christ. The problem with some of you not walking in, in spiritual heavenly blessings is that you don't understand that Christ is already in you or you're in Christ. And you're still trying to perform your way into that. And the more you do that, you actually cause more war within your own self because it's a, it's a fleshly act. It's a carnal act. And according to Romans 8, those two things war against each other. This is why people are trying to give up. They can't do it. They'll throw in the towel and say, I can't serve him. Because they don't understand that Christ is in you and that you are in Christ. And this thing has been predestined. Verse 4 says this, just as he chose us, just as he chose us in him, in Jesus, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ. Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. This is the Father's plan for you. This is according to his good pleasure. It satisfies him to, to let you know that everything that, that, that you could ever want is found within Christ and everything that you're ever going to want to be is found within Christ and he already made a way, predestined it before there was a planet, before there was a plant, before there was a star, before there was a you, before there wasn't anything. He already made a way, predestined it. What for? So you be the praise of the glory of his grace by which he made us accepted in the beloved. This is my son in whom I am well pleased with. This is my beloved son. He made us accepted in the beloved, the beloved son that he's madly in love with. And Jesus in John 17 prayed this prayer. He says, and in the same way in which the father loves me, he loves you. It's good news. In the same manner in which he loves me, he loves you. It's beautiful. See, he already knows. He's already made a way. This is why I can stand in faith. This is why I don't have to get all thrown off balance by things that are going on. Why? Because, listen, 
There, there, there are what, what, what I would call a truth, but there's an inferior truth. There, there, there's an inferior truth that the world has to offer, but there's an absolute truth found in heavenly places. And, and some of us will get so thrown off by an inferior truth. It's not that it's not a truth. It's just an inferior truth to an absolute truth. And we have to begin to live by the absolute truth of what he says and who he is and who we are because of who he is. See, who you are is found in the eyes of the... Who you are is found in the eyes of the one in which you behold. The flaming eyes and the blazing eyes, those things are screaming at you. It's you. It's you, so that when you see him, you see you. And now you're seated in heavenly places. I'm going somewhere. Chapter 2 of Ephesians. Raised us up together, made us sit together and walk. Heavenly places in Christ, that in the ages to come, he might show the exceeding riches of his grace and kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. Whew. Are you all right? Piano player, am I hurting you? You guys are good. Let's just do that. I'll just do that. You good? You all right? We're good. Tell them thank you. <laughs> I get so wound up and then I forget about you guys sometimes. Don't mean to. Amen. So we've been raised up together and made us he made us set together in heavenly places in Christ. And, and what for? So there's the question. It's like, what? okay, if that's, that's good. So spiritually speaking, this is currently taking place right now. Hang with me for just a minute. And then we'll pray for some few people and then we'll cut you loose. And then come back tomorrow and I'll scream at you again. So we got to ask the question, why? Why is this? Why are, we seated with, with, why are we seated in heavenly places with him currently? Spiritually, we're there. Physically, we're here. Let me say it again. Spiritually, we're there. Physically, we're here. Right? Because our, our citizenship is now found in the kingdom of God. So the kingdom of God is the ruling, governing authority of God. Which that God's desire is to bring that ruling, governing authority to the earth. So that he can overturn every other authority. This is why in Ephesians chapter 5 it says be imitators of God. Be imitators of God. Imitators means in the Greek definition to imitate only one. And we've done a, a well enough self in, in uh, imitating ourselves and not a good enough job imitating who he is. Is this making sense? This is why we have to begin to live from an absolute truth because it is a truth in which we are seated in. So that when something, a diagnosis, if an unfortunate diagnosis comes in or a sickness comes in or a bill or, or whatever that is comes in, that is a truth, but it's an inferior truth to an absolute truth. So can you imagine when James says, no matter what trial you go through, count it all joy. It's an amazing thing because now all of a sudden the God that we say that we serve is, is peace. We get to manifest that, not just speak it. So when something goes on, I can walk through it in peace so that everybody else that is looking at me goes, I know that he's going through hell right now, but look at the peace that's upon him. Well, then you've got to go back and say, well, this isn't about me or my peace. This is about the God that I serve and his peace that I'm, and I, that, that I'm embedded in. 
and that I'm embodied in. And now all of a sudden I become imitators of who he is so that I actually have something to offer that somebody wants. Not feeble knees and hands that hang down and I'm bouncing off everything. Nobody wants that. Everybody's going through that. And right now in a time that we live in today, everybody's really going through that. And it's time now to arise, shine, let your light be seen. So that watch, so that the body of Christ, he's calling to arms, which, which I love one of the definitions mean calling to arms is this. It's a military term that says he's calling the military to hostile activity. He told me the other day I was at church on a Wednesday night and, and we had some people who were in the house that didn't quite believe to the full extent of the gospel that we do, if you know what I mean. So I'm like, well, I'll just tame it down a little bit because I'm usually like, I shot So I tamed it down a little bit, and the Lord said, the days of conservative is over. And in our Southwest Missouri statement, we say, then let her rip, tater chip. Because I'm telling you right now is the time that the body of Christ, he's calling to arms. He's calling together to be strengthened. He's calling right now. I'm telling you right now, there's people that are frontiering, pioneering a move of God that some of you can't see. I'm not saying that in any negativity way. I'm just saying, just, just be in faith, believing and knowing that some of your brothers and some of your sisters are out there and they've got the machete in the middle of the jungle and they're getting darts thrown at them and spears thrown at them and rocks thrown at them and they're out there laboring, making a path for the body of Christ to come through. And it is happening right now and it is going to be a path that's going to usher in the greatest move of God that the world has ever seen. I promise you it's happening right now. So we're seated, right, in heavenly places in Christ. Spiritually, we're there. Physically, we're, the, we're here. What for? Because right now, spiritually, we're in heaven seated with Christ, right? Because right now, I'm in my spiritual uh, citizenship that we call the kingdom of God in Christ Jesus. For what? So Jesus teaches us how to pray. And he says that, that our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So I'm seated here so I can know the things of God. So I can hear the heart of God. So I'm seated at the right hand of the Father in Christ. So that I'm not, He and I are not some two beings separated far apart. But we're connected through Jesus Christ. Closer than what anybody in this room could imagine. So now all of a sudden, now I'm hearing from the kingdom of God. I'm seated in the authority of the kingdom of God. I have the dominion of the kingdom of God. I've got my pecking orders, if you will, from the kingdom of God. I know what the Father's will is. I understand what the Father's plans are. And because now I'm here spiritually, but there I am physically in the earth, I can take that which I'm hearing in the spirit and bring it to a realm called seen in the earth. So that finally now the body of Christ can begin to manifest the wisdom and the will of God in the earth why they are seated intimately and, and seated intimately, but taking time in the secret places to hear the whispers of the only whisper that you need to hear. 
So the, the, some of the problems, and I'm not here to say the problems of the church, problem of the church. I'm just, there are problems with the church. <laughs> and so, so one of the problems with the church is when you begin to say kingdom, they don't even understand what the kingdom. So how do I manifest something that I don't even know? How do I manifest a will that I'm not even for sure? How many have you probably said it yourself? And I know I've said it hundreds of times. I just don't know what the will of God is. Well, we've got, we're living in a day and a time that we have to begin to understand and know what the will of God is. Amen? What for? So that we can finally begin to bring him to the earth once again the way he always designed it. He created an earth, put a, Adam and Eve in it, said have dominion and subdue it. Gave it to us, backed off and put his hands behind his back and says it's yours. Gave us his spirit and said I'm going to be with you. And then he gave Adam and Eve dominion to subjugate the earth. So that now Adam was so close in connection and Eve was so close to connection that no matter what they did, they manifested the will of God. See, he could be in eternity. Not only is he in eternity, let's throw a little nugget out there, he is eternity. Not only, not only does he love, he is love. So he can be in eternity because why? He's got a son in the earth. When I say son, I mean daughters, ladies, right? We say back at home, if I have to be a bride, you can be a son. So, makes sense. You got that? Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. So, so he's got a son in the earth. He doesn't, he doesn't have to be here. Because he has a son in the earth who, is, who has submitted to him. Do you know what the word submitted means? A willingness and readiness to renounce your own free will. That's good. Submit to God. Resist the devil. He'll flee. The problem with the devil on your back is you are not submitted. You still want to do things your own way. And how's that working out for you? So when we submit, it's a willingness and a readiness to renounce my own free will. What for? So that I can be emptied of me and full of him to proclaim him, declare him, and imitate him as an ambassador in the earth. So he had that with Adam because there was such close connection. I love the story when he says that Adam named all the animals. And I just, I just have this picture, right? The, 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 so the, the father says to Adam, hey, hey, I made all this and, and everything, and won't you name them? Can you imagine Adam's like, what? You mean to name him? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. You name him. So Adam goes skipping through the, the garden, and he sees a rabbit, and he's like, and, and, and God, just humor me for a minute, okay? God, God and Jesus are over here, and, and, and the, father, the father sends Adam out, and he's skipping, and the father elbows Jesus and says, hey, watch, watch. He's going he's gonna to name it rabbit. He's going to name it rabbit. And Adam's like, hey, hey, I think it's, I think it's a rabbit. The father's like, yes, Adam, good job, son. Perfect. Okay, heaven, we'll name it rabbit. Rabbit on the earth, what the son named heaven agreed with. Wow. Okay, so, so on, on the earth, what the son said heaven agreed with. Why did heaven agree with it? Because heaven done already said it. But he had, a, he had a son in the earth who was so intimately in love with the father that he heard the father because it's a, he had the father's will and he had the father's heart so that when he said rabbit, it was already named by heaven. Now heaven had an earth to manifest what was already done. 
So Pastor and I were talking about this a little bit today. The Bible says that he created them and then he blessed them. He said, hey, have dominion and, and authority and subjugate. And Adam, listen, when Adam and Eve failed, they went from dominating to surviving. And we have a body of Christ that's got to go from surviving back to dominating. We have to because we are really good at just surviving. We're horrible about dominating. And we were never intended or created to just survive. We were always created to dominate everything. Whatever your hand touches and wherever your feet go, it's blessed and prosperous. You're blessed coming and you're blessed going. Oh, I just need a bologna sandwich, though. If God will just give me just some change or something. No! You're created for greatness. When God blessed them, the old Hebrew language that they wrote out, it's a picture language when the Lord blessed them out of the most high position open hand. When God blessed them, they had, before God blessed them, they had no ability to reproduce, to have dominion, authority, or anything. But because God gave out of himself into Adam and Eve, that then they began to be reproducing, begin to be authoritative, and to domineer and subjugate the earth correctly. Because God gave out of the highest position that he was, or that he is, out of that position, he took out of himself and gave to them. That's what it means to be blessed. Come on. All of who he is, taken out of him and given into you. And his name is Jesus and he dwells in you. So when Adam and Eve failed, when they got tempted, all of that which was in them that gave them the ability to do what they were doing in the earth, they yielded to the enemy and gave out of them into the enemy's hands. This is why he's called the God of this world. Lowercase g. But Jesus... And some of y'all are waiting for it. Don't you stop there. I can see it in your eyes. Don't you dare stop there. You keep going. But the second Adam came to recover and restore that which was lost. What the first Adam couldn't do, the second Adam did perfectly. So that when I step into Jesus and Jesus steps into me, the original authority and dominion power to subjugate the earth and reproduce is now back inside of me because of Jesus. That's the authority that we carry. The original one. The original, the authority that he gave out of himself into Adam and Eve at the garden. Amen? This is what Jesus came to restore. So now we are now fully equipped to do everything that he's calling us to do. Amen? Good? So this is, this is now where we have to begin to understand where in the original plan of God that he always originated is he is beginning to recover that or restore it. Not that he ever lost it, but man has so veered off of that and has not understood the eternal plan of God from the beginning. See, now the eternal plan of God is to have sons in the earth to to bring the expression of who he is in all that they do. 
Does that make sense? That's what Jesus, the first son, the firstborn among many brethren, he was the image of that God. And so now this is what we are as sons in the earth today, bringing and restoring that which was lost. And this is what the, the body of Christ has to begin to wake up to and realize. This is, listen, this is why he wants to heal. This is why he wants you to be restored. This is why he wants you to have favor and blessings and all that. He needs his people strong. He needs his people believing who they are in Christ. So that what? So that he can finally get his purpose done in the earth. In fact, we can keep going into uh, Ephesians uh, chapter 5. I think it is. Here it is. Nope. Manifold wisdom of God. Ages. Ver, oh, sorry, chapter 3. Uh, verse 1 says, For this reason, Paul, the prisoner of Christ Jesus, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery that I have briefly written already by by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it has been revealed by the Spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ Jesus, of which I become a minister according to the gift of grace given to me. Uh, verse 8, to, to me is the least, sorry I'm getting there, verse 9, and to make all, everybody say all, to make all see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages has been hidden in God who created all things to Christ Jesus, to the intent that now the manifold or the rich variety or the multifaceted wisdom of God might be made known by the church to the principalities and powers in heavenly places. We're making his rich variety or multifaceted wisdom be known to the to the principalities in heavenly places where we rule and reign now. Where we have the authority now. Right there where we're seated with Christ in heavenly places and all of that. That's where we rule. And now we have the availability to tell them to kick rocks and take a hike. That's why we can go into a land and bind principalities. That's why we can bring restoration to a land. We say this, we're, we're, bringing, we're, we're restoring communities one healed heart at a time. And God's people's taking back their land by what? By them understanding the authority they have to bind and to loosen and have the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And that every time that you bind something, it has to be bound. And every time you loosen something, it has to be loosened. It has to. It's what Jesus says. It's the authority that he gave us. So now we can now start taking dominion back in which God designed for us to have. Amen? One last thing, and I'm going to let you go, because Jesus demonstrated his authority even over the elements. I've, I've taught this several times. Some of you here the very first time. Some of you came out to New Beginnings and taught it. But it's in Mark chapter 4. It's, a, it's one of my, my favorite things, one of my favorite revelations. Do you know why we're flipping there? Do you know why God gives revelation? God gives revelation for it to become your new reality. So God gives a revelation for, for you to have a new reality, but that reality was always called to be embodied. Jesus 
was the Word, right? And the Word was made flesh, and the, world, and the Word dwelt among us. See, when God gives us a reality or a revelation, the re- revelation becomes reality, and the reality now I embody it. So it's not just a bunch of head knowledge of understanding. Now I get to walk in a manifestation of that revelation, which is my new reality. So if, you're, if, it's not a, a, if it's not a reality and you're not embodying that, it's just a head full of knowledge. And this is what the bodies. I'm telling you, this is what they're coming into today. Amen? Okay. Mark chapter 4, verse 35, on the same day when evening had come, he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Now when they had left the multitude, they, they took him uh, along in the boat as he was, and other little boats were also with him, and a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. I know you've probably heard this preach before, but listen, these were professional fishermen, amen? This wasn't a little bitty storm. These were professional fishermen, and these boys were scared, Okay? So this was a storm. But he was in the, storm, in the stern, asleep on a pillow, and they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Anytime I have a lack of intimacy, I'll always question his goodness when a storm arises in my life. Anytime I have a lack of intimacy, I'll always question if he's good every time a storm comes in my life. This is why it's so important to have intimacy, because when a storm comes, we understand the man sleeping on a pillow. (laughs) I understand the man sleeping in the stern of the boat. I have peace. Okay? He's in the stern to sleep on the pillow. They woke, teacher, don't care. Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, peace be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Here's what I believe what he was saying. Why are you fearing that which you have authority over? You have no faith. I've been walking with you and showing you miracles. I'm I'm demonstrating for you what you will be. I'm demonstrating because I'm in the boat with you. And now we know the end of the story. We know that not even just being physically in the boat, that one day he would dwell in them and he dwells in us. And he was trying to teach them that, listen, even though I'm even even me physically being here, I'm trying to teach you, you still have because of me being physically here, you have authority over the elements. Oh, but if that's the case, then what happens when he dwells within us spiritually speaking? Come on. Okay. And so he says, How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? Again, evidence they didn't really know who he was. They knew about him. They didn't know who he was, didn't know him. Amen? Amen. Can I have the keyboard player again? She's like, I just was like five minutes ago. (laughs) This okay? Everybody good? Okay. So what's interesting in that, Jesus stands up and rebukes the wind, which stopped the storm or the waves and the rain. It's very interesting there, and it's very, very specific that I think that we have to look at, because the word rebuke in the Greek means this, to restore back to honor. So some of us believe Jesus probably got up in that boat, and it's splashing, and he's, and he's probably standing up there, 
he's snotting and spitting like some of us do and rebuking that thing and screaming at it and telling how stupid it is and you go now and Jesus. No, he wouldn't say that. He was Jesus. See, in Jesus' name was never meant to be a verbiage. It was always meant to be an identity. So Jesus was standing in the front of the stern and he comes up there and I'm sure all everything's beaten and he looks at the wind because wind prior to the curse, there was nothing wrong with it. But under a curse, it's subjugated to the enemy in the kingdom of darkness, which causes storms and tornadoes. See, I want to teach on this a little bit because everybody, there's some people that are sitting at home because they're fearing that there's a tornado warning. The body of Christ has got to wake up. We're feared because there's a virus. We're feared because there's this. We're feared because the government's going under. We're feared because of that. We're feared because of this. We're feared because Trump didn't get in. We're feared because a Republican didn't or a Democrat didn't. Fooey on that. I rule and reign from the only authority that there truly is. And that is the kingdom of God. Jesus stands up in that storm and this is what he says. Wind... You're better than that. And I can see that wind whipping through and causing storms and causing rains and causing that. And that wind's flying through. And if you had a face on on the wind, Jesus says, wind, you're better than that. The, The wind would turn and say, is that the voice of my creator? See, the the earth is waiting and groaning for the manifestations of the sons of God. The wind heard the voice of its creator, and what did the voice of the creator did? It grabbed its, it, it grabbed the wind and restored it back to original honor that he created it to be. He pulled it out from under the curse and brought it back into reformation. <laughs> and he tells his disciples, "Why aren't you doing this?" See, it's not people that are groaning, waiting for us. It's the earth. It's the land. It's something that the body has to wake up to realize. That the land is growing, waiting, what? For the agents of transformation to make its way into their land. Because it's subjugated. Everything was subjugated under the curse of of Adam. But because of Jesus come now, we are restorating that or we're restoring that back to its original form. We have that ability See, when somebody has a demon in them, we can bind that demon and cancel that demon out. Why? Because that person's original form was never to be demon-possessed. So you're seeing a small glimpse of a restoration of a human being that was created in the image of God. We can do it with humans. We can do it with land. We can do it with elements. And I'm telling you, people think we're crazy, but this is not crazy. When I began to teach this in May 11th, coming up in Joplin was the big tornado. And as I was teaching this, I began to teach it. And I actually told my girls at one time, said, would you draw me a picture of what that tornado would look like coming through there? It was a little over a mile wide. Destroying houses and businesses and, and, and killing children and men and women. Can you, can you describe it? Give me a facial expression. And everyone I've ever seen do this, brought this facial expression of this tornado just digging through and plowing through and tearing things up. The Lord says that's not true. He says that tornado's crying. 
because that tornado is under the curse. And the Lord says that tornado is looking for a voice of authority in the earth to restore it back to honor. Maybe, just maybe, (laughs) I'm going to get a little bit more crazier than I'll leave. Maybe, just maybe, though, when you stand in your land, in your community, and that thing's coming your way, maybe, just maybe, you can do what Jesus was intending for his disciples to do and stand in your front yard and go, and no, 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 wind, you're better than that. And maybe, maybe because of your voice, but it's not your voice, because remember, it's not you. You died, yet I live, and not me, but it's Christ in me. Maybe your voice is actually in a voice of authority, but maybe it's a voice of creation as well, too. Maybe when you speak, maybe just maybe that tornado rips around and says, that's a familiar voice. That's the familiar voice. Maybe that's the voice of my creator restoring me back to my original form. Maybe I'll make it today. I don't know. I just hope maybe one day I'll, I'll get there and, and we're just going to white knuckle this and Jesus is probably going to come back and then we'll be all okay. No, now faith is. Now faith. Hebrews 11. Most of the time you ask me what's Hebrews 11 one say, they always say faith is the substance. It's not. It's now faith. Because religion will do this. Religion will put you back this way in your past and go, look what you did, look what you did, look what you did, remember what you did, that's who you were, remember that's who you were, remember that's who you were, because we hear it on Sunday every day, all they preach is the cross, all they preach is the blood, I'm not saying here, I'm just saying, listen, that's a really good, and I'm thankful for the cross, I'm thankful for the blood, but my goodness gracious, that's a really good place to start, not stop. So every day, listen, if you've been saved and delivered and set free by the cross and the blood, you keep hearing about your past. I'm telling you, you want a revival of sin to break out in your church, start talking about sin. I'm serious. You want a revival of hope? Start talking about identity. See, religion will put you in the past. Look what you did, look what you did. And religion will put you in the by and by someday too. Just wait till the by and by. Some sweet morning when this life is over. Yeah, you will, but you're here today. What are you going to do with today? Praise God, that's our third salvation. This old body I'm giving up, getting my new heavenly tent. I'm going to reign and rule with Christ. Praise God, that's the hope of glory. But that's not, it may be tomorrow, but if it's not, what are you going to do? Just going to hang on, brother, one more day. And I'm telling you, the worst that the world gets is, is not as an announcement that he's coming to escape you. You okay, brothers? It's all right. I've never been invited anywhere twice. Yeah, my wife is. My wife's breathing through a, a, a brown bag right now. Yeah. You better get a mic. 
he he won't share it though. <laughs> We're kind of gun shy where we live because of this tornado. We have some people that are killed. He won't tell you though. Next season, two or three seasons after this, a tornado is coming straight for our house. And I gather up the kids and I go into our room and I'm getting pillows and I'm getting mattresses and I'm throwing them on top of my kids and, and I run out there and I'm hearing the I'm hearing the radio, the weatherman. He's getting after it. This weatherman, he's uh, Doug Hetty. He is so passionate and he is so serious. So he speaks with authority, like he knows his stuff. And so I'm just, I'm beside myself and I go out and I'm like, Anthony, 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 where are you? I can't find him. And so I'm going back and forth. I'm checking on the girls. They're kind of getting scared. I have to finally turn off that darn radio because I'm just believing this lie. And I look out the window and this man is in his underwear. That's why I won't tell him. He's out in his underwear. At this point, you don't care who drives by, a tornado's coming. <laughs> and he's sitting out there, and he rebukes this tornado. I'm like, that guy's crazy. <laughs> this is nuts. What are you doing? So he stays out there for a little bit, and I'm like, Lord, help him. I'm going back into the room. And I happened to turn on the TV because, I don't know, I, I, I was kind of going crazy. And this guy, Doug Hetty, not on the radio, but now he's on TV, he says, I don't know what just happened, but the tornado split. He says it split, and it looks like it's going to go around Purcell. And he says, I don't know what it's doing, but it's trying to come back around. It's just trying to, to pull itself back together. Anthony, he's still out there. It still looks like it's coming. He's still praying. And Doug Hetty says, I don't know where it went. And I just want to praise God. Where a lot of us are in the room, scared, fearful. We don't know what we believe. We're believing a lie. And then here's this man. I may look crazy in my underwear. <laughs> One person, I think, drove by and screeched on the brakes. <laughs> But you know what it really is? It's what you believe. Yeah. When I came here, when I when we first started worship, man, I just felt the glory of the Lord so much. But I think some of us in here don't believe that you're worthy enough. Come on. That you're good enough. That your mistakes hold you back. Come on. You know, we can honor these men that are used by God and they're front and center. But what about you? Come on. What about you at your work? Come on. What about you and your family? We're not like the world. Yeah. We're set apart. Come on. We are set apart so much so that it almost feels uncomfortable and we feel so rejected. Mm. I struggled for so long. Lord, what's wrong with me? But guess what? I finally realized and I believed. Hey, I don't look like this world. Yeah. I'm supposed to stand out from what looks normal. I am the fish that goes up against the current. Yeah. 
we are fish together go up the current. Come on. So I just want to encourage you tonight. What do you believe about yourself? Especially us women. Man, hmm, this world, ugh. The outfit, the, sh the hair, the nails, the, <laughs> the body image, blah. What do us women believe in about ourselves? Come on. Young girl, you are set apart. Come on. You do not let anybody take your value away. Jeez. You are a shining light. This lady back here too, you. Come on. You too, your guys' hearts. You may have been stomped on. You may have been taken advantage of. But guess what? Lord said, you're enough for me. Mm. You're enough for me. Come on. You're accepted by him. So if the Lord's for you, who can be against Come you? On. This church, if the Lord's for you, who can be against you? Yes. And guess what? We're all equal. Come on. There's not one position higher than the other. Come on. Believe in who you are and why God created you. And start today. Yeah. Who cares if you've lost all these years? Who cares if you've messed up? What about today? What do you believe for today for you? Yeah. You got so much more to give. Be bold. That's what I feel in here. Yeah. Boldness. Come on. I'm sorry. I better give it back. I'm gonna keep on going. <laughs> Come on. Boldness. <laughs> that's my wife by the way her name's Chrissy my son Wyatt's right there his fiance my future daughter-in-law Zanny my daughter one of five kids that I have Brecklin is there little honey is right there she's two and we have Kylie and Abby playing softball winning the championship right now and one on the way. We got a little 17-year-old girl that we've been loving on, and she got pregnant, and instead of aborting, she asked if we would take it, and so we're going to raise that one too, and we're going to raise more, and my wife asked me the other day, what do you think about all these babies, and I said, I run businesses, you raise babies. We're good. We're good. Amen. Listen, I want to, I really felt like tonight was a night of, of encouragement, but a, a night of strengthening. That's what I felt like the Lord was telling me. I want to strengthen my body. And that is through prayer, but that's also through revelation. And what my wife was just got saying, it, listen, all this depends on about what you believe. It's, it's about what you believe. The Lord asked me one day, and I promise I'm finishing. The Lord asked me one day, he says, hey, do you know what the most powerful force on the earth is? I said, Lord, is, is it your word? Because, you, you know, you, you exhort your, your word above your name. He said, no. And I said, what is it? And he said, it's free will. One free will choice, he said, cursed all of my creation. He said, but one free will choice to receive Jesus brings that curse out of the picture and back to restoration, that which I created. See, everything's about free will. You have a free will choice tonight to say, you know what, I... I believe that or I don't believe that or you have a free will choice tomorrow. Just get up tomorrow and be who you are, the same person you were today. But I'm telling you, God's looking for a few mighty men and women to stand up and say, you know what? I forsake it all. And this is what the Lord gave me a word the other day and said, I'm consecrating my body. And one of the definitions of consecration means this. It is a re return to ownership. 
And so by me saying, yes, Lord, I, I want you to consecrate me, means I'm willing to give ownership up of my life to him. And he can do whatever he wants. Because I'm telling you, you're living in a day of arrangements. That chessboard that I've seen up here, I'm telling you, that is so prevalent for today and right now. Because he's moving things around. He's moving people around. He's taking you out of a job. He's putting you in a job. He's putting you in ministry. He's taking you out of ministry. He's doing all of these different things. He's going to relocate some of you. He's going to tell you to move here. He's going to move, tell you not to move here. And we've got to know what God is doing these times as he's rearranging so much right now. Because I'm telling you, for most of us, our life six months from now will not look the same. I hope not anyways. And I don't mean that like we're going to move to another state or whatever, and it could be you. But I'm telling you, spiritually speaking, I don't want to be the same man in six months that I am today. Because he's moving us from glory to glory and faith to faith. And he told me one day, I didn't bring you this far just to bring you this far. Come on. I want it all. I was driving back from Utah the other day. I said, Lord, I believe in transporting. Like, I ain't seen it, Lord, but it would be really good because I got 19 hours on the road. So if you could make me land in Webb City, Missouri right now, which is about 10 miles from my home, I would be happy with that. And some of you think I'm crazy. I believe I will one day. I'm telling you, I want it all. Come on, religion has lied to you. They did. Again, I was saying earlier, right, before, right, right uh, earlier, I was saying, listen, the announcement that the world's getting darker and darker is not an announcement of your escape. Arise and shine. That talks about a very dark day. It's not an announcement necessarily that he's coming back for you. It's an announcement that he's cause, calling you to bring forth a revelation, a revolution a revival and a reformation in the earth. It's getting ready to happen. Amen? Praise God, would you stand with me? Pastor, you want to say anything? Are you, you good? Okay. Everybody all right? So let's, let's, let's just receive strength. How about that? Would you just put your hands up with me right now? Just by faith, I believe, by the Holy Ghost in this place. I just believe, Lord, strengthen your people, God. Strengthen us tonight, God. Strengthen us, Lord. Let that seed of your word, Lord, resonate with inside of us, God. Let that seed have its way, Lord. And let us understand, Lord, that that seed brings power, Lord. That, that seed brings exposure, Lord. That seed brings healing, Lord. That seed is the same seed that Mary had inside of her. I'm here, I'm telling you, I proclaim to you today, the seed that's in you is the same seed that Mary had. What Mary didn't understand, that Mary had blind Bartimaeus' new eyes inside of her. What Mary didn't understand, that she had the leper's new skin inside of her. What Mary didn't understand, that she had the lady with the hemorrhage problems. She had her health and restoration. What Mary didn't understand is that she had Lazarus' resurrection power living inside of her. And I'm telling you tonight, by the glory of God, that the same seed Mary had in her, the same seed resides in you. You've got somebody else's new eyes inside of you. You've got somebody's new skin. You've got new ears inside of you. You've got hope. You've got salvation residing in you. 
You've got resurrection life inside of you that you can raise the dead. I'm telling you, you've got it inside of you. And don't you dare let anybody tell you or sell you less. It's who you are. Not because of what we've done, but because of what he done. You've got it on your wall. It is finished. There's no more work you need to put in it to try to make yourself. It's acknowledging the mercies of God and what he's already done. So now I'm not trying to do something to earn favor. It's because I understand favor is because why I do it. Amen.